재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Good morning and welcome to the bookend on TBS EFM 101.3 in the heart of Seoul. GFN 98.7 in Gwangju and 93.7 in Yeosu. It's Sunday, January 31st, 2016, and I'm your host, Jamie Chang. We have a very poetry-filled show for you today, starting with Helen Cho bringing us the latest from a long-dead Korean poet, followed by this week's roundtable on the English romantic poet John Keats with panelists Darcy Paquette and Joe Mylan Jr., And for this week's first chapter, I'll be reading from Won Midong Shin, or The Poet of Won Midong, by Yang Guiza. It's about a different kind of poet who doesn't quite write poetry, but whose very existence is a bizarre metaphor. I'll be back after Sting singing Englishman in New York. Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator and interpreter. Hi, Helen. Hello. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's already the last day of January. I know. Gosh, time flies. Mm -hmm. So I think you were the one who said that you have a new resolution at the beginning of every month. So what's your resolution for February? My monthly resolutions, yes. It's always to read more, drink less coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Fine resolution. So let's start today by looking at this week's most popular titles in Korea. Yes, I have the list of this week's top 10 bestsellers. Mm -hmm. And topping the chart this week is a non-fiction title from Kim Jong-un. It's called Sometimes You Need to Be Desperately Lonely. (sighs) 가끔은 격하게 외로워야 한다. 격하게, desperately. Yes. And then we have two titles from the late scholar Shin Young-bok, Kamogoro Butoi Sasek, Meditations from Prison and Tamlon Discourse at Places 2 and 5. Mm-hmm. And we have two titles that will help you plan your life ahead. Onyonu um, Naege, Q&A a day, five-year journal um, by Potter Style and 5. And Where Will You Be Five Years From Today by Dan Zedra, um, taking up the seventh and eighth spots. Mm. So one would expect to find Shin Young-bok books on the list since he's recently passed away but how do we explain the popularity of the five-year plan books i think they they seem to have come out of nowhere right where do you so how how do you explain that well we're still in the beginning of the year i suppose Mm -hmm. so people like to get organized and plan things yes and the lunar new year hasn't begun yet oh i know yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so where do you see yourself in five years helen I have no idea, actually. I've learned not to plan my life so far ahead because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Yes. yes, I think that's wise. One month at a time. Yes, monthly resolutions. Yes. Less coffee, more books. <laughs> yes. 
So what other popular Korean title is worth mentioning this week? Well, if you haven't got one already, then it's time now to get out and get your copy of the first edition of Yoon Dong-ju's popular poetry collection, mm. Hanulga, Paramga, Pyolgashi, mm-hmm. Sky, Wind, Stars and Poetry, and recently reissued from the publisher Soadari. And many readers, I mean Korea, myself included, have welcomed the opportunity to read the poetry of Yoon Dong-ju in its original form. Mm-hmm. And this revised first edition contains handwritten manuscripts by Yoon Dong-ju, his court documents and photographs. That sounds like such a treat. I figured there were early drafts of his poems, but he lived and died in such a chaotic period in Korean history that I never imagined that his original manuscripts would have survived. I know. It's such a beautiful copy as well. I think mm-hmm. the first print were actually sold out. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this um, revised first edition of Skywind Stars and Poetry is part of the publisher's first edition original series and it follows the success of the revised first edition of Kim So-wot Azalea's Topanbon Tindalekot. Kim So-wot, for those who are curious, is another Korean poet who wrote the famous poem starting with 나보기가 역겨워 가실 때는 말없이 Yes, turned into a popular song as well. Yes, interpret, Helen. Um, if you should walk away and disgusted at the sight of me, then I should let you go without saying a word. Yes, such beautiful words. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about Yoon Dong-ju? Yoon Dong-ju is definitely one of Korea's most beloved poets and his legacy as a poet, an intellectual and a man who struggled to resist the oppression of colonial occupation continues to resonate with Koreans today mm-hmm. and is definitely considered um, as one of the most popular poets amongst the youth of today. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1917 in northern Manchuria and he grew up in a household and a school environment that saw the preservation of the Korean national identity as one of the most important duties. Mm-hmm. Manchuria, I have been told, was the site of active independence movement during Japanese occupation and I can imagine it was a big part of his upbringing too. Mm-hmm. Under the influence of his father, he learned to express his thoughts using poetry from an early age and these early memories of his family and the connection to the symbolic images of the sky are said to have been the inspiration for the title of his later anthology, Sky, Wind, Stars and Poetry. Mm-hmm. And he uh, went to Yonhee Technical School, these days known as Yonsei University, where he gained a newfound understanding of the reality of Korean life under Japanese occupation mm. and it was this growing awareness and the inner conflict that actually came um, that sprung within him as a result that shaped the formation of his critical perspective mm-hmm. Speaking of his critical perspective, I have to say that my favorite Yoon Dong-ju poem was Palbok, which is The Eight Beatitudes um, and the poem was simply eight lines of 슬퍼하는 자는 복이 있나니 which is blessed are the sad mm-hmm. and that's uh, a direct reference to the bible mm-hmm. and then the last line 저희가 영원히 슬플 것이오 there will always be sad mm-hmm. and i enjoyed his bitterness because when when you're in the sixth grade and figuring out how the world works you want to see the injustices before you tell yourself to rise above it right it's rather pessimistic though the view of the world for a sixth yes. grader <laughs> blessed are the sad they're going to be sad forever mm-hmm. did you have a favorite yun dong poem when you were growing up well it's so difficult to pick a favorite i think i'll just have to go with um forward or sashi mm-hmm. that you know many koreans really um love mm-hmm. and it starts with the lines wishing 
not to have so much as a speck of shame towards heaven until the day I die. I suffered even when the wind stirred the leaves. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful lines, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I have many specks of shame towards heaven <laughs> already. <laughs> oh, Helen. Yes. Too much coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're discussing John Keats on the roundtable today, and Keats is famous for his beautiful poems achieved over the course of a very, very short career. I think it was five years. And Yun Dongju is another poet who died young. What happened toward the end of his life? In 1942, he crossed over to Japan to continued studies, and in the following year, he was arrested with other Korean international students for his involvement in resistance activities, and he was sentenced to two years in a Fukuoka prison, and then he spent the remainder of his short life in his prison cell, where he died in 1945 at the age of 27. Mm. And what makes it all the more tragic it was, it was that it was only six months before the liberation of his homeland. Oh, that's, that's such a shame. Yun Dongju still lives on in many people's hearts, even today. And can you tell us about his lasting legacy? Yes, his life and works have inspired so many Koreans, um, affirming his status as an enduring historical and a literary icon. His tale is brought to life in a novel, um, The Investigation, or Pyoru Sutinen Baram, by author Lee Jung Myung, mm-hmm. presents a fictionalized account of the bleak end of the poet's life, as told through the eyes of a young Japanese prison guard. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling the young guard will be taking an interest in Yun Dongju, right? Yes. Um, what happens in the book is that the Japanese censorship authority official um, who has interrogated Yun Dongju and uh-huh. burned his poems oh, no. gets murdered. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. <laughs> And in the process of, of investigating his murder, the young guard is drawn deeper into a mystery. Mm-hmm. And this novel is carefully interspersed with the full texts of over 20 of Yun Dongju's representative works. Mm-hmm. We have so, so the actual poems are included. woven into mm-hmm. the the novel yes okay oh okay that's interesting so i mean in a way the novel definitely invites readers to better understand the historical and social setting of yun dong's poems mm-hmm. and it makes you really come to terms with the redemptive power of literature mm-hmm. and is the book available in english yes the english translation uh, was published under the title of the investigation mm-hmm. it came out in 2014 and the book became a bestseller in the uk oh that's great and the mystery is now ready to go global and to reach more readers in countries like france poland japan taiwan italy spain and china so mm-hmm. all these translators are working very hard mm-hmm. that, that is fantastic news for our english-speaking listeners and our non-english-speaking foreign readers as well um, you said that the english title was the investigation mm-hmm. right yes so keep your eyes peeled for the translation releases so how else has yun dongju been represented in korea Um, we are reminded of the poet through a variety of other channels as mm-hmm. well. His life um, was reborn on the modern stage a few years ago. Um, Yun Dongju received the spotlight as the inspiration for another creative reinterpretation with the theatre production titled oh, okay. Yun Dongju Shoots the Moon. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was a production by the Seoul Performing Arts Company. And the um, production was performed for the first time in commemoration of the 
67th anniversary of the National Liberation Day mm -hmm. in August 2012. Mm. And if you missed it, it's coming back on the stage this March. Oh, okay. At the Seoul Arts Centre is going to run for seven days from the 20th of March. Okay. Oh, so that's only great. seven days. Only seven days. Mm. Okay. I think bioplays is a genre that will live on on the Korean stage. People enjoy seeing figures that they look up to come to life. Mm -hmm. Well, this musical version definitely attracted the attention of the theatre world and was praised for its lively, dramatic portrayal of the poet's last days as a confined artist. Mm -hmm. And he was portrayed as a man longing for his family and his home. And in the musical, he's described as a young man who is haunted by his longing to write poems in difficult times mm -hmm. and the young poet's life is represented by his refined words and um, which means some of his famous poems are recited while others have been turned into lyrics mm. and they work so well as song lyrics because they're so beautiful yeah yeah they are so this musical focuses very much on emotions and it sheds new light on the poet's life so you really travel um, through his life and think about you know the power of music and dance as well Mm -hmm. It sounds like the minimalistic reserved staging served the message really well. Mm -hmm. And one of the most notable features of this musical production was the central role of the moon. This is the frequent symbol in Yun Dong-ju's poetry. Mm -hmm. And it was portrayed as the poet's sole companion and perhaps even as a mirror for his tumultuous inner life. Mm. And, you know, the moon changes shapes according to key turning points in the life of Yun Dong-ju's state persona. So mm -hmm. it goes from like a slender crescent moon to a full moon and to suggest the personal and communal struggles of life under occupation. Mm, that sounds beautiful. How about film? If there's a bioplay, there's got to be a biopic, right? Mm -hmm. um, in addition to all this, Lee Jun-yik, director of the hit Korean film King and the Clown, Wang mm -hmm. Namja, is going to bring the life of Yun Dong-ju to the big screen. Oh, okay. uh, there has been a recent press conference announcing the completion of Dong-ju, the portrait of the poet. That's the title of the film version. Mm -hmm. And the director said that the initial question that arose when he, he decided to make a biographical film of Yun Dong-ju was, why? Why there has been no film or drama about the life of such a hugely popular poet so far? I agree. Yeah, I'm really Why surprised. indeed? I know. Yes. I'm really surprised that there's mm -hmm. not been a cinema adaptation of his life. Yes, if if you consider how massively popular he is in Korea, it is very surprising. Mm -hmm. But it, there is a now chance to mm -hmm. actually see um, Yun Dong's life portrayed on the big screen. Mm. I wonder who's playing him. It's actor named Kang Hanu. Kang Hanu. Yes. Okay. Um, Izunik said that the film was shot in black and white um, and one of the reasons why the film was made in black and white was to maintain the sense of reality because so many Koreans these days are, are reminded of Yun Dong-ju through his black and white photographs mm -hmm. so it'd be quite disorientating to see him in, <laughs> in colour in colours yes. Yes. and um, Dong-ju, the portrait of a poet who is going to hit screens nationwide on February the 18th oh so that's pretty soon yes we mm -hmm. have a couple of weeks to wait. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wait to see this film. The last time I saw a black and white film was Schindler's List. Uh, that was from like. Um, I know, that was a long ago. time ago, yes. <laughs> yes.
Um, well, in the meantime, while we're waiting for the film to come out, you can always go and visit the Yundongju Literature House that was constructed by the Seoul City in 2009. And the um, site features exhibits about the poet's life and includes some of his personal items and handwritten manuscripts. Mm. And the building is located next to a small park and there are trails leading up to Yundongju Hill. Mm-hmm. That's all in the foothills of Inwangsa Mountain in mm. the north of Seoul. And this is where today's generations can share Yundongju's life and what his thoughts were. Mm-hmm. And both the Yundongju Literature House and the Yundongju Hill are set to be located very close to where the houses once stood, where um, Yundongju boarded during his time at Yanyi Technical School. Mm. And at the Yundongju Literature House, there is an exhibition hall that recreates the prison environment where the poet spent his last days. Oh. So it'd be quite, um, a quite humbling, I think, solemn experience to mm-hmm. go and visit the Yundongju Literature House and mm-hmm. see, you know, what kind of environment he actually was surrounded mm-hmm. with right. in his last days. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope we one day get to live in a world where no poet has to waste away in prison for political reasons. Yes, fingers mm-hmm. crossed. Yes. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Helen, for coming in, and we'll see you again next Sunday. Okay, same time next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Coming up next is today's roundtable, but first, let's listen to Kim Hyun-sung's Seoshi, inspired by Yoon Dong-ju's poem of the same name.